What's up, Nintendo fans, and welcome to the Super Nintendo Bros Podcast. It is a bi-weekly show where we take a deep dive into any Nintendo topic you can imagine and also cover some games that have been released across all Nintendo platforms over the years, good or bad. I am your host, Roger Harper. Joining me on today's episode, we have my brother, the Mountaineer of the Mushroom Kingdom, Justin Robinson. What's going on, Rog? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. It's a, it's been a good day. You know, I've had a good day all around. I got some pumpkin iced coffee in front of me. I got a promotion at work today. You know, I, I really have like nothing to complain about. I don't think you get any better than that. It really can't. It really can't. And it's good to be back. It is good to be back. In front of the podcast. Right? Yeah. I, I miss doing shows with you. I'm glad that you're going to be part of this, uh, this adventure with me here with Super Nintendo Bros. Well, it was pretty easy when you, when you told me about it. I'm a Nintendo fan at heart. I grew up on the Nintendo system. It's just, it's my, it's my favorite platform, even though, you know, obviously I have PlayStation and PC and everything, but when Nintendo games come out, it's special. Oh, for sure. For sure. I have a habit of pre-ordering Nintendo products quite often. <laughs> In fact, I even forgot that I pre-ordered Xenoblade 3 and then I charged my card. I was like, well, oh, well. But uh, I got to say, no regrets on that one at all because I just started playing it recently and uh, only got a couple hours in there, but I'm really, really liking it. But this this episode is not about Xenoblade 3. I mean, I guess it encompasses Xenoblade 3. It might actually come up. It, it's probably going to come up. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about RPGs and in particular RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. So you and I have several times talked about how the Switch is possibly the best system ever for RPGs. And every time we have that discussion, I stop and think to myself, in a world with the Super Nintendo, with the Sony PlayStation, with the PlayStation 2 being absolute giants in the RPG genre, where does Nintendo Switch actually fit in? Is it truly the greatest RPG machine out there? So we're going to talk about all the big mainstream RPGs on the Switch. Maybe get a couple of little guys on there in the first part of today's episode. And then a little later on, we're going to have our loose form review on Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition on the Switch. And we're going to determine if that game gets the Super Nintendo Bros seal of quality. Everybody has always, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you've seen the classic Nintendo seal of quality logo on your games. Well, we have our own seal of quality. So we'll determine if it gets it. And if so, is it a bronze, a silver, or a gold? More on that later. For now, let's go ahead and dive in to our RPG talk. And I want to open up with the just your standard, traditional, turn-based JRPG, or for those of you who aren't familiar, as familiar with the genre, Japanese role-playing game. Right. So <clears throat> one of the Switch RPGs that came pretty early on in the system's life, I would say I'm thinking the first appearance was within like the first year of the launch of the Switch would be the one and only king of the genre, Final Fantasy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we've there's a lot of Final Fantasy to cover on the Switch because we've got about half the mainline series. You know, we have 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, um, 12. 12. Yeah, those are all available on the Switch. Uh, there's the pocket version of 15 that's also available on there. Um so there's definitely a lot to choose from. And to me, a lot of those are like the higher-end games in the series. Mind you, we're missing my favorite. But we'll talk about that a little later when we're talking about what's missing. I knew you were going to get to that. I, I oh, was yeah. wondering if you are going to lead to that, but yeah, definitely. So what are your thoughts on the Final Fantasy availability on the Switch? I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's easy to be greedy and say we need more. But if you told me 
when I was a kid playing a PS1. So I, I had a PS1, and that, that's probably my favorite system. Probably my favorite system, just because of my love for Final Fantasy VII. Just a reminder, this is a Nintendo podcast, this is a, sir. This is, but you'll see where I'm going with it. <laughs> I also love the PlayStation. But, but, it, but I had the I had the original PlayStation, and then I got the PS1 with the flip-up screen. Still got it. You had the flip-up screen? I had the flip-up screen. I'll send you a picture. Oh, I still have it. It's upstairs. And I remember I played Final Fantasy IX in its entirety on that flip-up screen. Wow. I never played it on the big screen. It looked perfect on that screen. But if you had told me as a kid, I can have all these games on the go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have believed you because I had to always plug it into something. So the fact that you can play Final Fantasy seven and eight, somewhat, but nine, 10, 10 to 12, uh, Crystal Chronicles, is that what Crystal Chronicles is? Uh, Crystal called? Chronicles is available on the Switch yes. now. Um, also, other spinoffs for World of Final Fantasy is there. Yep. Uh, Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Mystery which Dungeon. isn't as much of a traditional JRPG but in still, that sense, but it's but still. still an RPG. Um, I, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me all those could be played on a handout right. and on the TV, which is the best part about Switch. Yeah, because um, you can play it either way. Right. Now, mind you, the Switch isn't the first handheld to have some of the mainline Final Fantasy games because... You know, a lot of those games came to the Vita before the Switch was, you know, out and available. Right. But even with that, you couldn't get all of those games on the Vita. You had seven and nine as PS1 classics. And you I had... I think eight was on there, but I, I don't... Eight was... On, yes, eight as a PS1 classic was on the Vita. Uh, I don't believe... I can't remember if World of Final Fantasy was available or not. And uh, Final Fantasy Ten and Ten Two. Yeah, not 12. Not 12. And some right. of the older titles also had PS1 Classic versions as well, or PSP re-releases on the uh, the PlayStation Store. Right. But you didn't have all these, but we have them on the Switch. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the Vita's great. Um, I like the screen really well in the Vita. It's not big enough, but the Switch is just having these Final Fantasy games on there. I know we can get greedy and be like, man, we wish we had this and this. Oh, we're going to get greedy a little later. We're, we're going to get greedy later, but if you just sit back and take a second, like what if you were a kid and someone handed you that and said, here's this machine while you're, while you're, because, you know, we grew up, I know you grew up the same time I did. We all, I got a TV in my bedroom later on, but a lot of times you couldn't play on the system because you were in the living room and everybody was watching TV and stuff like that. But what if they were like, hey, you can play on the TV. Then when, then when mom and dad want to watch the football game at night, pick it up off the dock, you could keep playing Final Fantasy VII. Exactly. It's unbelievable. So if you take your time and you just step back, it's it's amazing the selection that we have of Final Fantasy games on there. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And they're great ports, too. Great yeah, like ports. None of them are bad ports. Now, um, I would Final Fantasy VIII, I guess, would be a little bit questionable depending on who you are. Not not as far as ports go, because it's, it's a great port. It's a port. great port. It's a great port. It looks, actually, it's it looks good, port, too. It's, really, it's, it's a solid, very good remaster. Right. I'm more pertaining to the the quality of the game itself. I know you're not a big Final Fantasy VIII fan. Yeah, I mean, but still, like, the people love that game. I have some issues with the battle system and everything. But actually, I don't, you know how a lot of people, and we were just discussing this in our Discord, um, that people, like, say, oh, that game looks like a PS2 game or it looks like a PS1 game. Well, I went back and played the discs of Final Fantasy VII just to, just to mess with it on my PS3. We're crazy to think they didn't do a lot to that. It looks oh, great. Yeah. Like Especially the, the, Final Fantasy VIII. The backgrounds could be a little better, yes, but it looks fantastic. It looks really good. They really did a good job with the models and everything. The menus look really clean. And if you go play the original discs, it looks pretty rough, which is what was on the Vitas. Right. On the Vita, but of course you're on a tiny screen, but when you blow it up on your big 4K screen, 
So I, I think they're I think they're fantastic. The, the one the one that really catches me that I'm curious about myself would be Final Fantasy Twelve because not only is the like the Nintendo Switch version of Final Fantasy Twelve that is like the definitive edition yeah. of the game, and I know there's some added content into it. Um, I think the Zodiac Age is yeah. the Final Fantasy Twelve version on Switch, but it's also got that graphical overhaul. I had never played Final Fantasy Twelve other than maybe two or three hours on the PS2. Yeah, so I can't even remember it enough to make the comparison. Yeah, I haven't played it on PS2 in a long time. Um, I've played the Switch version some, and then I tried out the PS4 version just to see it. Uh, yeah, it looks better on the PS4, and I'm sure it looks even better on the PC, but the Switch version is perfect. Absolutely. I mean, just absolutely yep. perfect. It runs well. It sounds great. Uh, my favorite thing about the, the Switch, too, and now we might be getting off on a tangent, but that might just happen on these episodes. I mean, tangents happen. I love playing games on the TV. Don't get me wrong, I do. And I have a sound bar and it sounds great, but there's something about plugging in some headphones and hearing that music real good <clears throat> with your Switch. Laying in bed, playing it before you go yes. to sleep. That's, so, that's, that's literally the only way I've played Xenoblade 3 so far. Like, I, I actually, it's a lie. I plugged it into the dock last night for a half hour. Oh, okay. It looks amazing. Are you, are you a headphone guy? Are you Now, the OLED Switch has some good speakers on it. Right, it does. I am a headphone guy in the car. Gotcha. And yeah, the yeah. reason I'm a headphone guy in the car is because Letitia will complain that my game is too loud. Yes. Because she got to listen to her musics. Yeah, gotta, I, I understand Got to listen to her Harry Styles and her Hanson <laughs> and her uh, whatever else she listens to these days. Yep. Sean Mendez. So, like, when I play, like, we'll be watching TV and we'll watch our, our sport. My main switch time is in the fall. And in the winter when sports are on. I have a little harder time playing there in the summer, but I actually have played my Switch more than anything this summer. Um, oh, same here. And we'll, we'll get to that probably more when we talk about more things. But I do like putting the headphones in because we're on the couch and stuff like that. And she's watching TV, my wife. And and I, I don't know. There's something about it. Like the sound, it sounds so good. And you could have never got that on the PS1. So that's another advantage of playing these games on Switch. Obviously, you could do that on PlayStation and stuff. But, you know. Yeah, that's... That is, like you said, that is definitely the beauty of the system because, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's play these games on the go. On or the or on your TV. Just yeah. drop it right on there. Like, I'm with you. Like, I, I never would have thought, you know, back when I was a young lad of 14 years of age playing that Final Fantasy VII for the first time on my PlayStation, I would never have thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to play this in a car someday. Yeah. I've totally played Final Fantasy VII in the car before. It's yeah. happened. It's amazing. But, it, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, so if you're getting into Final Fantasy, if you know if you're new to RPGs, I definitely suggest checking out the Final Fantasy series. If you're a Switch owner, if I had to give you one Final Fantasy game that I think you should start with as your first RPG, go with Final Fantasy Nine. And I see you're holding those fingers up too. I Even agree. though Seven's regarded as the better game, yeah, Seven's my favorite, but Nine Nine Woo! is the best for beginners. Yeah, um, I personally prefer Nine to Seven. I can understand. That. Yeah, I, I, I like it better than Seven. And I, actually, I like a couple of them better than Seven, but that's just that's my opinion. But uh, Seven's definitely fantastic, nine's nonetheless. So but uh, Nine's like a better introduction to like the lore and the you know history of the series. Yeah, it's you know? it's it's a it's more of an homage to like a callback, the original classic Final mm -hmm. Fantasy. Yeah. Whereas Seven has a, you know it has a lot more advanced systems that uh, came along in later titles, kind of starting with six yeah. and moving on from there. But yeah, yeah. so definitely check that out. Uh, the next RPG series that we have on the Switch that I want to talk about is Dragon Quest. Mm. So we have three mainline entries. I'm sorry, four mainline entries of the Dragon Quest series on the Switch right now. We have the mobile phone ports of Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3. 
and we have Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Eight. Sorry, we get this name right. Dragon Quest Eleven S. Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition on the Switch. You got it. Which uh, is a much different version of the game than what was originally released on the PlayStation 4 when it came out. Uh, it has also since come to, I believe, Xbox Game Pass. Yep. Uh, the Switch version has, and that's also released as the Switch version has on Steam and on the PlayStation since then. Yep. Um, we also have in the Dragon Quest series, uh, Dragon Quest Heroes. Or Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first Dragon Quest Heroes game was released in the States, I believe, mm-hmm. on the Switch. I may be wrong on that. And also, uh, what's the the Dragon Quest Minecraft game? Do you remember what that's called? Builders? Yeah, Dragon Quest yeah, Builders. Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2, also available. Also very cool games. The one I really want to get into is Dragon Quest Eleven. Yes. Um, this is an unpopular opinion, but I've been saying this for a long time. Yes, you have. Dragon Quest Eleven is the best JRPG since the PlayStation 2 age. Hands down. Like nothing speaks classic nostalgic JRPG more than Dragon Quest Eleven on the Switch. I would actually I would go as far as to say if you're starting with RPGs on the Switch and you're not you're new to the genre, play this before you play Final Fantasy Nine. Yeah, it's more it's more traditional Japanese role play. I mean, it's about as traditional as you can get. Absolutely. So. Now keep in mind, you know, it is a it is a long game. Yeah, I think I've put 15 to 20 hours into it, and I'm not even anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I had, like, when I, I finished think I had the, the game... Whole, I don't even think I have the whole party. Yeah, when I finished the game about the true ending, I was probably around 75 to 80 hours in at that yeah. point. I can't remember, unfortunately, and since I got into Switch OLED, it didn't carry over my game time, so I couldn't even tell you what my time on it hours were, according to the Switch's log, but uh, I think that game's like, it's a, that's a love letter to classic RPGs. And I think that series moving forward, where we've seen Final Fantasy is going more toward the action-oriented style of gameplay, this is going to continue to be like Square Enix's, hey, this is for you traditionalists. Yep. This is what we're going to keep making for those of you who love the classic RPGs. You know, not including whatever Tokyo RPG Factory may or may not be working on that is typically fairly mediocre in quality, but if you like it, you like it, I guess. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about some of those later. Um, have you played any of the other three Dragon Quest games on the Switch? Um, I don't think I've played them on there. I think I've tried one, two, and three other places, emulators, things like that. Right. I think I bought one, but I never bought two and three. People love three. I'm waiting for that HD... Yeah, the 2D... The th- uh, 2D HD... Remake of, yeah. of three. I'm going to wait for that one, but... Um, yeah, the, the... I mean, I really wish they'd put four, five, and six on there. I'm oh, for sure. Sure, we'll talk about that later. And seven, and eight. Uh, uh, just heck, put nine on there too. Figure just it give out. Give everything to us. It's fine. Uh, we'll take it all. But yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. Although I never finished it, and I liked it. It's just it. It wasn't. It wasn't really the story. wasn't catching me and everything like that. But that's fine. I mean, because you know, they're, all these games are different. But um, I respect it and uh, love the series. Glad it's on there. Oh, for sure. And meanwhile, I'm over here like it's better than Persona Five, and probably I'm the only one that thinks that. And it's fine. I don't, I don't think you're the only person who thinks that. There's a lot of people that love Dragon Quest XI. Well, we'll see, I guess. Here's the thing, though. It's, it's not going to be the best traditional JRPG on the Switch for much longer. Well, not that it is, but I mean, we're, we're getting some games here pretty soon. And we'll talk about later on in the episode. Um, so, next series is the Saga series. Hmm. And this is very much a love it or hate it kind of series, I feel like. So... 
little background on Saga series for those of you who aren't familiar. Uh, the Saga games are actually a spinoff of the Final Fantasy series. Um, and the leveling up system in the Saga games is very similar to what we saw on the original Final Fantasy II back on the NES, where your stats depend on your actions in battle. Um, these games are notoriously difficult. Uh, on the Switch, there are quite a few of the Saga games. You can get Saga Front... Or, no, sorry. Uh, Romancing Saga 1 and 2. Uh, the original Romancing Saga is actually coming soon. Uh, Menstrual Saga. They're reporting the PS2 version over. Um, then you have Saga Scarlet Grace, I believe is the name of that one. Yeah, I think so. Um, the original Saga Frontier from the PlayStation yep. is on the Switch. Plus, it has... I think there's new content in that that wasn't on the original PlayStation version. Isn't the Final Fantasy Legend Collection, aren't those originally... The Final Fantasy Legend Collection, yes. Those were actually... So, if you see the Final Fantasy Legend Collection on the Switch eShop, don't be confused. Those are not Final Fantasy games. They were released as Final Fantasy games in the United States to sell more copies. Those are actually the first three entries in the Saga series. Right. Um, Which, I I think they originally may have had, like, Final Fantasy Gaiden attached to it. Just as, like, hey, it's a spinoff. It's in the same universe. But that eventually split off entirely. So I don't have a ton of experience with this series because I'm not the craziest about it. I I, I respect the battle system, like the thought of it, that if you use your swords more, you'll become better swordsman. Like, I understand that. It just didn't work in Final Fantasy II when I played it. But, um, you know, I haven't really given these games a huge chance, so I can't really speak to them, but I'm glad they're there. Well, I know, I know, like, Romancing Saga 3 in particular is very highly regarded up there with games like Chrono Trigger. It's It's kind of got that kind of reputation in Japan. Um, of course, we never received that game until it came out on the Switch. I played probably a good five or six hours, but I will say I really like it. It's a very dark and bleak game. I like the setting. Uh, but one of the things about that game that's it's very well known for, it's kind of the first open-world RPG because it's set up in a fashion where you can go anywhere and do anything. There is not a set linear path to the game. Right. You know, you recruit the characters you want. You're, it's freedom. That's pretty nice. Yeah. It, it's, it's like Skyrim before Skyrim. Romancing Saga 3. Romancing Saga 3. However, it does have that that high level of difficulty, but it's very cool. It's very cool. Um, and I played a little bit of Saga Frontier. That was not a game I was crazy about on the PlayStation, and it once again is not a game I was crazy about on the Switch. But I know the series does have a lot of fans out there. Um, there's been some rumors recently that Romancing Saga 2 is going to be on its way, which I played a little bit of that on the PlayStation. I prefer to Saga Frontier, but I will say that game is absolutely gorgeous with this mm. hand-drawn, uh, gotcha. hand-drawn art. Like everything's hand-drawn in that game. It looks so, so nice. Uh, Pokemon. Oh, that's N- big Nintendo's one. big traditional JRPG. Um, so these games have been around forever and the Switch was the first a regular console to ever receive mainline entries to the Pokemon series. Yep. So that started back a few years ago when we got Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, which were, um, you know, kind of... In fact, a little more dumbed down. Kind of dumbed down Pokemon Go-ish with the capture system versions of the original Pokemon Red and Blue. Yep. But you can choose the Eevee version or the Pikachu version. They're fun enough, but, you know, it's... I don't necessarily, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's my favorite Pokemon game. I would mm-hmm. rather just go back to the Game Boy and play Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow. Um, then the Switch got an original set of Pokemon games, which would be Pokemon Sword and Shield, which those were very divisive. Yeah. Very divisive. Um, 
We got a remake of Diamond and Pearl from the Nintendo DS. So it's Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Pearl. I believe. I love that game. Yeah, I I love it. That's like, that is the first Pokemon game I have finished since Pokemon X on the DS. I've not finished a lot of Pokemon games, but uh, uh, Brilliant Diamond sucked me in big time. It's it's, good. It's such a good game. Yeah. Um, And of course, we have uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out this fall. There is one of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeons also available. We mentioned the Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon that's available in the Final Fantasy series. Uh, one of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games from the Game Boy Advance is also available on the Nintendo Switch. I think people like that game a lot, too. Uh, it was kind of cool. I didn't really play a whole lot of it, but I'm not the biggest Mystery Dungeon guy. Yeah. They're a very unique kind of RPG um, that just aren't necessarily up my alley. Right. Um, people really like those games though yeah, I, sure. I'm with you though I'm not a huge fan I think there's Etrian Odyssey or something like that on 3DS um, is that what it's called? so there was a game based in the Etrian Odyssey universe I think Etrian Odyssey is the like the first person dungeon yeah they're dungeon crawlers the mystery dungeon is a little different mystery though. dungeon yeah is what, is, it's more like the Chocobo one that you played yeah they're yeah. like top down um, I got you Everything in the dungeon moves and acts as you do, but if you don't move, nothing else moves. Right. Kind of thing. Kind of like um, if you've played the Legend of Zelda's version of, uh, well, I guess Christmas Necrodancer in general, but if you played um, Cadence of Hyrule yeah. on the Switch, which, whew, love that game, but that's not an RPG, so we're throwing out on today's uh, today's topic list, but um, they play very similar to those games. Um it's a it's it's a great time to be a Pokemon fan. There's a lot to offer. There, there is, and you know if you're already into RPGs and you want to get your kids into playing RPGs, that is a perfect gateway series to start your kids on before introducing them to games like Final Fantasy, to games like Dragon Quest. Yes. Um, which, I mean, I, I see me personally when I first started playing RPGs, there was no Pokemon. Yep. Pokemon was not a thing. I, I started with RPGs with Final Fantasy II on the Super Nintendo when I was seven. Like, we're talking 1992 here. So, Pokemon was like a twinkle in Nintendo's eye at that point. When did the first Pokemon come out? Uh, I was in sixth grade when the when Pokemon Red and Blue came out. I remember I remember this because my first report card in sixth grade, I got straight A, so I got to go get a video game, and I picked Pokemon Red. It had just come out. I mean, I played Pokemon after I played Final Fantasy VII, all these games, because I was late to getting the Game Boy. I got a Game Boy Color. Right. So I got Pokemon Yellow with it and everything. So it was it was still after that, and I liked it, but I, and I liked catching all the monsters, but I was like, man, this story is just kind of Right. Well, the funny fine. thing is, I didn't even have my regular Game Boy anymore. I had sold it to my cousin. Mm-hmm. I had the Super Game Boy on Super Nintendo, so that's what uh, I was actually playing it on. So I couldn't even take it with me. I was just playing it on, the, on my Super oh, Nintendo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And then I, I eventually got another... Game Boy, when the Game Boy colors were, yeah, very cool coming out. Yeah, it, yellow it, with that. So. It's a good time to be a Pokemon fan. I mean, the new ones look great. They do. Um, I'm definitely excited. I'll be picking up Violet because purple, because purple is my favorite color, and Violet is a purplish kind of color. I'm gonna get Scarlet. Yeah, good. That way we can trade some exclusives. That's right. Around, you know, yep. that was the plan with with Diamond and Pearl, but we never actually traded anything around. No, I think I got one from Russ. I think. Nice. I think I got, he gave me the other starters, maybe. Oh, uh, you got the starters for you. I was nice. Or maybe you did. I can't remember. Somebody did. I think I got you some of them. Maybe. Yeah, I think you did. Got you got them on some guy on Reddit yeah, or something I, like that. I, so I, we I, did. I do, we some, did do that on Reddit. I got. I got a. I got. I found a trade partner to get me some of the. Uh, yeah. So it did have all the starters. So it did have. It was just. Nice. A, it was a while ago. Well, and that game has one of my favorite sets of starters because I love. I love my Piplup. 
little penguin. Yeah. But I also really like um, the fire Pokemon. Oh, the yeah. The fire starter, um, which... It was the monkey. The monkey, yeah, Chimchar. Chimchar, yeah. Yeah, and even Turtwick. They're, they're all good. Like, it's one of my favorite starter groups. I was it's great, yeah. excited about it. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about Pokemon in another episode down the road. I've got uh, I've got my Pokemon specialist on standby for that one. I assume I know who that yeah, is. Yeah, you probably know who that is. He's an old old friend back from the gurus of gaming days. That's awesome. He may or may not host a uh, horror movie related podcast here on Thirteen Palm Trees. Very cool. Um, so the next one that I I want to talk about, I want to put an asterisk next to this, and I'll, I'll go into why, and that is the Legend of Heroes series. Um. Now, the Nintendo Switch, is only, this is a extremely popular RPG series. Yes, it is. Super, super popular. And I will say I have been on record as absolutely trashing this series for years. Trashing it because, of, to me, it's a very slow, slow game. And they're all very long games. That's not why I put the asterisk here. I put the asterisk here because the only two games in this series that are on the Switch are Trails of Cold Steel 3 and Trails of Cold Steel 4. And as far as the timeline of the Trails of series in Legend of Heroes, those are the, hang on, I'm doing the math in my head, those are the eighth and ninth games in that series. Yeah, no one would even recommend that you play, obviously, I'm sure you'll get into it, but people don't recommend that you play Cold Steel 1 before you play... The Sky series, the Sky and the two series middle games, and, and the and sad Z- thing is, this middle game Zero and uh, the other one, um, Zero is coming out this fall. Zero is coming out this fall. I think There's, it's Azure and Azure. Yeah, the thing about those games, they've never been released in America, right? So it's fan translations, but yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea why just three and four are on there. You should at least have one and two. I think it's there. licensing issues with the publishers. I think one and two were. I'm sure they'll published by sooner or later, uh, like once they see Zero sell and everything like that. But I mean, even. You'd have to be crazy to play three and four right. without playing one and two of Cold Steel. But I feel like Xseed did. They did the first two Trails of Cold Steel, and then the th- three and four of, were NIS, and that's why, yeah. like the rights are tied up elsewhere. And that's why they haven't released. I'm going to very they'll figure it out closely as soon as one another those have been released on the Switch. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah, so I I, I can only imagine those are all going to come eventually. And I have been also been on the record of saying I'm going to give that series another shot. I am too, yeah. But I want to play it in handheld, and that's why I'm just kind of holding off. I know I'm still in possession of your Vita, so I might just get Trails of uh, Trails in the Sky, the first one on the PlayStation Store on the Vita, and play it on there. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but, I um, assume we're going to answer the question at some point, is the Switch the ultimate JRPG or RPG machine? So, Well, if you're a Trails fan and you're one of those who um, basically they're elitists for, for this game series, I'll have to apologize in advance to all the Trails fans out there. If you don't play this entire series in order from start to finish in a row, you're a piece of shit. I don't know if they say that, but... <laughs> or you don't really like JRPGs. <laughs> but, I mean, they definitely... Uh, they're they're the, quite a community. They, they are very they swear passionate community. They swear by it. They're probably like Game of Thrones fans, like when the show first came out and people that read the book. Right. I'm they're sure. probably like that akin to that, you know, that they're... I've, well, I've, uh, I've knowingly pissed off the Trails of Community on the JRPG subreddit. <laughs> uh, <sighs> but it is what it is. But like I said, that asterisk is because you should probably play that series, but don't start with two games on the Switch. You can play those on the Switch when you get to them, though. Yeah, I don't know why you do that, but... 
Right. It doesn't make sense. They they really need to fix that. That's one of I my mean, things. It's of, clear. It says three. That's one of my things of the final top. It's not like Super Mario Brothers three. It's three. No, and it's not like you know. People always ask. You know, I always dive into things like that too. Like I want to play Xenoblade three. I'd love to play Xenoblade three, but I haven't finished one. Have never touched two. And it's like those age-old questions of should I be able to play? Could I play this without playing one or two? And a lot of people will be like, yeah, you could play it. It's fine. You'll miss some references. Whereas uh, the, the Trails games, people are like, absolutely not. Do not play three not or play four. Do not play three or four. I mean, there are some people I've asked that they're like, if you have to start with Cold Steel 1, you'll miss some things, but you should have started with Trails in the Sky. Well, yeah, because the thing is, in the later Cold Steel games, some of those characters in the sky make a comeback. Right. So because it's, it is one big overarching story. It is. It is. It's impressive. With different arcs involved. It's impressive how far they're going to go is. with it. They, like, it, they it, say it's not even close to being over yet. Yeah. Like, and I respect that. Like, I respect the hell out of the concept of the series. It's just, it I'm makes not, me want to get into it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of a tough entry point because yeah. basically the first Sky game is like 60 hours of world building and setting up the plot for the series. And Cold it. Steel 1 does the same thing. I actually played a good 30 hours of Cold Steel 1 on the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 3 version. Or the, sorry, the PlayStation 4 version. I didn't hate it, but in 30 hours, it hadn't gone anywhere story-wise because, it's again, it's setting everything up. That's how I feel about Dragon Quest, though. But, gotcha. I get that. I, I reckon I... I uh, but you're also... You're seeing the finish line in Dragon Quest as one story. Right. Whereas, like, I, I see your point, though, like, because you're like, I played 30 hours of this and I have, like, 18 more games to go. Whereas, like, Dragon Quest, I mean, but I mean, I felt that same way. I was just like, man, the story's a little slow here. But yeah, it's, it's definitely different, so. Let's talk about some of these little guys. I guess they're not all necessarily little guys, but these are RPGs, as far as the traditional JRPGs are concerned, that don't really have sequels on the Switch. I guess one of them has two entries on the Switch, but we, we'll get to that. Um, Octopath Traveler. This released, uh, it's from Square Enix. It released initially as a Nintendo Switch exclusive. Uh, later, surprise launched on Xbox Game Pass. Like, out of nowhere, they're like, oh, hey, here's Octopath Traveler on Xbox Game Pass. That was a surprise. Um, I don't... Did it come to the PlayStation 4? Nope. I don't know that... No. I didn't think it did. It's only yeah, on so Xbox it's, and PC. But yeah, but it never came to PlayStation. Um, this is one of the... So this game, and this game and the next game we're going to talk about are very similar in a lot of aspects. Uh, Octopath Traveler, at the beginning of the game, you choose a character. And you play a chapter with that character. Then you choose another character. Play chapter for that character. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not crazy about this game because I played it 15, 20 hours in it. Um, I never got to the point where the stories between the characters started connecting, and I found the game to be very grindy. I know you played more of it than I did. I know you have a lot more of a positive... Uh, for some reason, I never finished this game, and it bothers me. Like I think about it all the time. I love the character I started with. I loved Haunted the Hunter. Um, man, I love the music in this game. The music is, the music is phenomenal. We haven't even talked about game music at any no, point in this I, episode. That, 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 and it's kind of funny that it comes up with Octopath and not like the Final Fantasy games. I mean, I love the Final Fantasy that soundtracks. But I mean, like Octopath Traveler has some of the best music that I can think of. Like each character has distinct themes. I do have to agree with some points. Like, And that's maybe why I never finished it. I do. I love it. I love that game, and I love the thought of it, and I want to finish it. So I may go back to it uh, just because of this episode. But um, I got pretty far into it, at least probably 25, 30 hours. Um, and I got to the part where you started going 
a little bit of mixing, but I just don't think they mix the characters enough. Like, they interact a little bit, but I think they should have interacted more. Now, I never beat the game, so, you know, and, and I hear that there is, like, a final push with all the characters that kind of ties some things together. Um, I've just heard that. I love the concept of the game, though. I it, It's really cool, um, but I, I really just wish that I would finish it. So now has a mobile game. A mobile game. It does. Well. People, came out people love that game. It's a. I, it's a. It's, it's a prequel. It's a. It's free to play, and people like defend it like crazy. That mm-hmm. it's got a great story, and it's all you don't have to pay anything for it. Which is I don't understand. I, right. I guess they probably get some people some way, but there's probably some sort of monetization. In I haven't downloaded. It. I just refuse to play it because I'm like, wow, well, I would like to beat Octopath first. Right. So. Uh, very similar in vain to Octopath. And this is a very recent release, Live Alive. Yes. On the Nintendo Switch. Now, this was originally released in Japan only on the Super Nintendo. Took lots and lots of years to finally come stateside. Uh, and we finally got it this past summer. So I'm torn on Live Alive. Me too. So, first of all, it, it suffers from the same issue as Octopath, where I would agree more, but the, char- the characters in Live Alive don't have any sort of interaction at all right. until the end of the game. Um, I'm not sure what kind of interaction comes in at that point, um, which is strikes me strange because each character you're playing as, you play at a different point in history, like from prehistoric age all the way to distant future. Yeah, And it's like, I don't know how this eventually ties in. I played the first couple scenarios in the game. Uh, then I started the uh, Twilight of Edo Japan and... I'm at, didn't like that I'm at the same exact point. I'm exact exact same point as you. Um, yeah, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it came out. I bought a physical copy of. I buy physical copies of most of my RPGs because I I want to have them forever. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna start doing that because you and I spend a lot of money on old video games. So we, we do start you know just buy them when they're new. Yeah, um, it's a cool concept, but I just I really like a cast. It's one of my favorite things about Final Fantasy VI. Like I loved that they tied things in together. Yeah. it did take till the end though, which is you know. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, some things that that's not a Final Fantasy VI question, but that could we could go off on about that anytime. But yeah, it's really neat, but mm, it's not for me. I'll probably finish it though. It's short. I think right. it's twenty hours. Octopath. Yeah, it's, it's not super long. Octopath. I'm like thirty hours full, in. I'm yeah. not even close. That's a full like big, big full length RPG. Yeah. Um, another smaller like shorter game. I am Setsuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, first thing I want to say about this is, and we talked about soundtrack a minute ago. The soundtrack of this game is literally the entire game is piano only, beautiful. and I love it. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's got one of my out of all the smaller RPGs out there. It's got one of my favorite soundtracks. Um, this is a game that actually was a launch title on the Nintendo Switch. You could not get a physical version in the states. It only launched physical in Japan, and I think Europe may have gotten the physical. Maybe, but it was available day one in the eShop. Um, I have not purchased this on Switch because I had already long beaten it on the PlayStation before the Switch was even out. Yeah. Um, but out of the three efforts we've seen from Tokyo of RPG Factory, which would be this, and... Um, I know Onanaki was their last Onanaki one. Onanaki was the last one. Of course, it was an action RPG. Uh, I think Lost Sphere yes, was the, it, yeah. the middle one. I have was, a physical copy of Lost Sphere. I, I've got it digitally. I played a little bit. It was fine. Uh, but this is definitely my favorite of the three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm rooting for those like guys. It. I'm rooting for. Yeah, them. I do too because like this game, if you love Chrono Trigger, like you need to play Iron Setsuna. This game is a love letter to that. Mm-hmm. It's got a very similar combat system to Chrono Trigger. Yep. 
Um, Very neat game. Yeah. And then we've got uh, the Shin Megami Tensei games. There's currently two of them on the Switch. Three Nocturne. It's the uh, HD remaster of that. I have not played that. I've not played it since it was on the original PlayStation 2. Featuring Dante yep. from Devil I have Crisis. not got... I, I just... Those are my backlog. Both of them. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5, of course, was super highly received when it came out last year. I only played like five hours of it, but I loved it. And that's one of those that you mentioned you think about Octopath all the time. I think about Shin Megami Tensei a, a yeah. 5 a lot. Like, it, it still hits my brain, and I'm like, I want to go back to that at some point. I feel like that'll be one you visit this fall. Well, could you're, be. You're a fellow sports watcher of football and hockey. It could be. It will be one of those times of... But there's a really big one coming at the end of October that's going to be like a 100-hour time sink. And we're going to talk about that shortly. Speaking of Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the action RPGs. A little change of pace in gameplay, and I've got uh, several of these. First one I want to touch on is the Mana series. So we got the release of the trilogy. It's the collection of Mana, which has the original Mana game, which is um, Final Fantasy Adventure, yep. that released on the Game Boy back in the early 90s. The second game in the series, which is Secret of Mana, which I will always say is one of the greatest action RPGs ever made. I stand behind that firmly. And then for the first time ever, we got Seiken Densetsu 3, which was the third game in that trilogy. It had never been released in the States. Uh, and then it was rechristened to Trials of Mana for its U.S. release. When they released that that collection, which, by the way, was a fantastic shadow drop. They're like, oh, it's out now, by the way, at yeah. E3. They're like, hey, you play this now. They, at that time, also announced a remake, a full-on 3D remake of Trials of Mana, which launched the following spring. Mm-hmm. which I didn't play right away because we were playing this Final Fantasy VII remake or something like that yeah, at that came, time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Trials of Mana is my favorite game in that series now. It's so yeah, I've heard, good. Did you play the... the? Did the, I want... Do they both have the same translation? I think the there's a different translation in the remake. I only played a little bit of the original yeah. when they moved that over, but I played all the way through the remake and I loved it. Yeah, yeah. That was one. I had a hard time putting that one down. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and that's awesome. Um, it's cool that you can go back and play the right. original Super Nintendo one one day, too. Exactly. You know, because they translate it. Definitely got some love. It's the only one missing. Um, I guess there's probably multiple missing. There's that Donna Man. Donna Man is not on the Switch. And then also um, the Children of Man. Like Children, Children of Man was like a real-time strategy game on the DS, yeah. And there was also another one another, on the DS, no, there was, It was action on the one I'm thinking of. Maybe it's not Children of Man. It, there was the another game. Mana game on the DS that was an action game. Yes. I can't remember the name of it. I'm going to have to do a look up on that. Yeah, because Children of Mana, I think, was an I, RTS. I thought Children of Mana was the regular one, because I played one on DS, but I could be wrong. But I, I it, it is the action one. Okay. The Children it, it, of Mana it is, is cool the that one. It is cool that this series has gotten a lot of love, and it's it's awesome. So hopefully they finish it off. That's kind of the idea of this episode is that we, you know, we're, we're talking about all the ones that we love that are there, but um, there's some more to go. So, okay, so apparently I'm completely making up the. the oh, okay, it was a tactical role playing game. It's Heroes of Mana. On Heroes the of Mana, not a real time strategy. I, I stand corrected. Um, I got you. Legend of Mana is also on the Switch now, and it's that's a gorgeous game. It's hand drawn. Yes, it is. Yeah, has aged very well. Was the one on Game Boy Advance? Sword of Mana is Sword it? of Mana, which is a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Which also got a remake on the Vita as uh, was that terrible? I heard it wasn't great. It I was remember. like a Vita slash um, mobile game. There's also a new title in development, but I don't know if it's going to come to the Switch or not. I got you. 
Um, very cool. Very cool that series yeah, gotten a cool lot of series. Life. Check out Trials of Mana. Check out uh, Secret of Mana in the collection. I think you know they're very good games. I would argue that Final Fantasy Adventure has not aged well. If you want to play that, I don't condone emulation, but you know, Sword of Mana on the Game Boy Advance is really, really, really good because it's more in line with the uh, newer or get or yourself a DS or a Game Boy Advance and yep. become a retro collector exactly. like us. Exactly. We. I spent too much money on those. I agree. <laughs> I mean, Justin, I watched you drop like $200 on a complete box copy of Final Fantasy III, and I'm still a little, a little salty over it. I know. You just said $200, and I got Final Fantasy III complete. I mean, that's that's pretty it's good. It's okay. I got, I got my illusion of Gaia and my Super Castlevania that weekend. That was a great I, they're, they're on proud display on my shelf. Great weekend. So this is a game that I can't believe came to the Switch. And I can't believe runs as well as it does in the Switch. That's a Witcher 3. Is the Switch probably the best way for you to play that game? No. Like, play it on the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X when the update comes out. Is the Switch a viable way to play that game? Yeah, it runs just fine. And it looks looks fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that Switch version. I cannot believe how well it actually does run, even in handheld. Yeah. I mean, I love The Witcher, but I would I would play it on something else. Yeah, but play, play it on the main console. Don't it, play it on the Switch. Yet again, I mean, if, if that's all you got, it's great. It's, it's there, yeah. It's yeah, there it's if you want to play it there. Now, I you know, we can say with certainty the, the next-gen patch will not come to the Nintendo Switch. No, but it's still Absolutely really cool that's there. Uh, we have a the remake of the original Star Ocean, Star Ocean First Departure, which was originally released on the PSP. The original game itself was released on the SNES. Uh, this release on the Switch, it's been, uh, I want to say it was in 2019. I was going to say 2019, yeah. Was when this remake came to the Switch. Um, I was very happy to see it because I'd only played a little bit on PSP. And I, I played a good ways in on the uh, Switch version. I didn't beat it. Uh, it's It can be a difficult game, but I'm a fan of that series. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'll i talk about it a little bit. <laughs> it's the only Star Ocean I've finished. I liked it. Uh, it's not you know, I've played all the games in that series, and it's 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 definitely up there. It's not my good. favorite, but it, it was good. Right. Um we're glad it's there, obviously. More oh, for to, sure. More for to sure. say that later. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk more about that series in a little bit. Uh, Tales of. This is going to be a very controversial opinion for both of us. I know we both have the same thoughts on Tales of Vesperia. I agree. So Tales of Vesperia is the only game in the series that's available on the Switch. I'm hoping we'll get more later, like some of the older ones. Um, even some of like, the PS3 ones. I, hopefully we'll see them on Switch. Um, Tales of Vesperia is known as one of the crown jewels of the Tales of series. I think Tales of Vesperia is a very boring game. <laughs> I agree 100. We, we disagree sometimes, but man, right. do I agree with you 100%. It's like, I remember I had it on Xbox 360 when it came out. I played a crap ton of it, but I never finished it. I didn't know why. And then I got it on the Switch when the re-release came out, the remaster. And I played for like five or six hours. I was like, oh, this is why I didn't finish it. That's bored. Yeah, I think it's incredibly boring. I don't understand it. It's not even close to my top Tales of games. I mean, there's no, no, no. so many better ones. No, Zillia. But people always say it's the best JRPG on Xbox, which there isn't much competition. I just have to flat out disagree with that. First of all, there's Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey, which I have not played. I have a lot of respect for those games because people say they're very, very, very good. But Eternal Snot is way better than this game. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, you get to hear beautiful music by Chopin or Chopin. Chopin. Frederick Chopin. Yeah, so... The former music teacher in me, which, funny, I think I think last time we did the show, when we did Gurus, I was still a music... No, no, I, I left my music teaching job during yeah, Gurus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. This, but yeah, it, we're, I just... this We need more Tales of games. This is... It's embarrassing. I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's finally off the Xbox 360, but, man, I put 10, 15 hours in this game, and I... I I was the main character is so boring. Yeah. 
He's so boring. Yeah. It's, it's awful. I, I just don't understand. If people tell me you got to play 20 hours, that's a little annoying to me. Yeah, it's, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, not a fan of those. 20 hours. If, it, if a JRPG doesn't typically grab me within the first five hours, I might give it you know closer to 10. But if, usually if it's five hours in and I'm not hooked, I usually, that's when I... That's why, Final, that's why, here we go. This that's is why, Greg West Levitingham. That, that, this is why Final Fantasy VII is the greatest RPG of all time. The opening bombing mission is so cool. Oh, like, it drops right in. You're dropped answer. right in. You're like, we're bombing this place. You're kind of confused. You're like, what's happening? And you're in Cloud's perspective because you have no idea what's happening. Everybody else knows what's going on. But it's super cool. And then something happens. And then it chills for a little bit. Yep. It lets you breathe for a little bit. Or most RPGs, and I swear Vesperia just did this for hours upon hours. They just try to world build, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I love some good world building. Somebody, but don't ever do it. somebody needs to die. You can world build while other things are going on. Yes. Um, okay, I'm, I'm this next series, I want to gush. The Ease series. Yep. This is a lesser known series, or at least was lesser known up until the release of the eighth game in the series, which is Ease 8, um, The Lacrimosa of Donna. Um, which eventually came to the Switch after it was released on the PlayStation 4. And then we also have Ease 9 Monster Nux on the Switch. Um, I love these games. I love the whole series. Um, these are fantastic action RPGs with a likable main protagonist. Uh, the cool thing about this series is like, you have the same main character throughout all the games, but they're all like separate stories that are told throughout different parts of his lifetime. And on rare occasion, there will be callbacks to other games in the series, uh, which, for example, in Ease 9, there are some callbacks to Donna from, from Ease 8, Final Fantasy, from Ease 8. Um, these are just fun games, fun characters, really fun battle system where you've got to be strategic with what character you're using at any specific time because every enemy has one of three different main weapon weaknesses. And, you know, if, if you're using at all, which is the main character, for example, on a uh, flying enemy or like a hard shelled enemy, you got to switch to somebody else that has a specialty against those types of creatures. So it's, it's very cool. Um, I mean, I can't think of how many times I told you Justin played the series. I'm going to play it. It is <laughs> one of my favorite physical copies I have because you got it for me. And that's actually, it's, it's, a, it's not an easy game to no, find. No, and it's complete and everything. Yeah. I wish you kind of wouldn't have opened it, but whatever. I, yeah, I opened some money now, I'm pretty sure. I open things. I don't I don't worry about that right. usually. Um, but I am going to play this out of respect to you. I'm going to play it. Play these. If you're going to play them, play eight first. I played play one. Nine. You did play one, and that's like that's a completely different. <laughs> that that game has not aged well. No, he's one and two did not age well. Still cool though. Um, you can play the whole series on the PC, and that's where I played most. That's where I played pretty much the whole series. Yeah. Other than I played, uh, I played a few of them on the PlayStation Four and Switch. Glad but, they're glad it's here. Glad they're they're a good time. Need more of them on there, but yeah, you don't really have to play them in any order. Oh, also, Ease Origins on the Switch too, which is like the uh, prequel to the whole series, and that game's more akin to um like the middle of the series like he's four five and six gotcha play them they're they're excellent uh xenoblade chronicles now i i wasn't really sure where to put this i put it in action rpg because it's technically it's not turn-based um i have thoughts on that but we'll save that but yeah i don't want to say that it's it's action mmo-ish but in a Ooh. lot of ways it is with cooldowns and whatnot yeah um this is another series like we have there. There's four games in the series. Three of them are on the Switch. This is the definitive edition of the original, and then Switch exclusives are Xenoblade Chronicles Two and Xenoblade Chronicles Three. 
You know, three is brand new. Um, we're going to talk more about Xenoblade Chronicles later in the episode, so I don't want to get too deep with that. And I'm sure when we're talking about that, our comparisons with you know the second and third game are going to come up in that conversation. Um, so we're going to save those for for part two of today's episode. Skyrim, another game that like this was a very early on release on the Switch. This was yep. like, yeah, I think I was in the first original trailer. They showed it. They, at the Switch reveal. Yeah, they revealed Skyrim, and it came out. I want to say it was like in the fall. Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> my first full playthrough of Skyrim was on the Switch. I had never finished it on any of the other systems it was on before, which is impressive, seeing as how many releases it got before the Switch. And you have personally told me that I might be the only person who who's ever done just the main story in Skyrim. I think you are. Which is what I did on the Switch. I think you are. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot that needs to be said about this game. I mean, I can, you could have a whole episode about Skyrim. We could. We for could. me. But um, yeah, th- having this game playable on the Switch is amazing. My nephew, um, you know, he's, I think he's 12 now, played Skyrim on Switch, you know, and he, you know. 30 FPS, 60 FPS. Yeah, he's just a kid. He just wants to play yeah. games, which is the way it should be, actually. But um, yeah, it, it's amazing that it's it's you can play that whole game on the Switch. It's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I toy around with the 10th anniversary edition. Eventually, I want to do another playthrough on the Xbox Series X version of uh, of that. But that's another. Topic. I don't I don't want to go into it too much. Yeah. I, can, I can talk this about this. Another Skyrim one for, of those. It's like Witcher. It's one of my if top. If you five. have another place to play this game, like if you have PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or like PS5, Xbox Series X, get the 10th Anniversary Edition and play it on those. Yeah. If you don't, you can absolutely play it on this place. Yeah, I, I, the only reason I would argue with this one a little more of a Witcher, Witcher's like, you know, a singular story and you can do a lot of side stuff in Witcher, but if you're just like, hey, I just want to do a, a Battle Mage build and don't even touch the main story and just explore and do these things. That that it's great because Skyrim, you can just do so many different things. So. Yeah, because like with Witcher, you have to progress the main story to do a lot of the stuff. You, yeah, with like, Skyrim, you can jump and do whatever you want. You can, you can go anywhere you want. Uh, but yeah, Witcher, like Skellig Island, you can't go there until like you get to a certain part of the story and right. everything. So, uh, the last one of the action RPGs I've got on my list is Diablo. We have two Diablo oh, games. I don't know. I haven't Diablo played it on Switch, but man, I played some Diablo three on the Switch. Uh, if you know me, you know I'm notorious about buying games and not playing them. I totally bought Diablo 2 on Switch, and I have not played it. Uh, now, mind you, disclaimer with that, I sank so many hundreds of hours of Dia- into Diablo 2 on the PC back in my middle school, high school days. It's not even funny. So, that's... <laughs> I'd like to play Diablo 2. I've beaten Diablo 3, but I never played Diablo 2. Diablo 2 is like, it's the, a far superior game. Yeah. I don't know how well it plays on the uh, the new version of it that released last year. Um, but it's definitely the better game of the yeah. two, and most people would say that, although it's 4 great. looks so good. It's great it's on there. 4 looks so good. Next, we have strategy RPGs, and I've only got a few of these I want to talk about. Um, first one is Fire Emblem, which there's only one on the Switch, mm. and that is Fire Emblem it hurts Three me. Houses. It hurts me that there's only one on there. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, oh, no, I guess two. they did the re-release of the one. Yeah, but you can only buy that for a limited time. Yeah, so you can't even get that anymore. If you don't already have it, you're screwed. You yeah, can't it's get gone. It. Um, Very weird. What is wrong with that? Yeah. And then there's a Fire Emblem Warriors games, which are totally different. They're not even RPGs. They're hack and slash uh, yeah. Musu games. Um, but Fire Emblem Three Houses, this was uh, the ga- Gurus of Gaming Game of the Year in 2019. Perfect. I want to put that back out there. That just speaks to uh, how highly I think of this game. 
And for those of you looking forward to a uh, Super Nintendo Bros discussion about Game of the Year, I don't know if we're going to have one of those on this show or not, but we'll see. Probably not, but who knows? Maybe. Um, We'll see. Fans, if you want to see that, hit us up in the Discord. Um, So I love Fire Emblem. I love Fire Emblem. It's the only Fire Emblem game I've beat. Real far in Awakening, but this is the one that I've actually played all the way through. I beat it. I love the characters. I love the gameplay. I love the story. This game's wonderful. I, I love it so much. Uh, I loved Awakening too, and I thought that was one of my favorite games. And then Three Houses came out, and, and I love it even more. Um, Fire Emblem Three Houses is like top 10 best Nintendo Switch games. Easy. Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't... Where is the next one? I don't know. Was this 2018? Well, they wanted to give us that, that extra Fire Emblem Warriors game first. That's fine. It came out in 2019. It was summer 2019. 2019? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um... Uh, th- we need another one. This is so good. It's it's one of my favorites. Uh, I, I think about that's another game that I think about. Now I did finish this one, obviously, but man, I, I love that game so much. Um, just uh, there's, I want to talk about more, but this ain't spoiler cast, so you know it is. Yeah, we don't want to. But, but I, I love it. If you haven't yep. played this game, it's phenomenal. Uh, we need another one. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure fine with coming. the I'm fine with the Warriors game. I haven't dove into it yet, and it's cool that. It, I think it's like an altering universe. I, I haven't bought it. I, I think it's I thought a, it was like a, just like a sequel, though. It's or a yeah. prequel. See, like, I, I started it, and I'm like, how can this be a sequel? Maybe it's a prequel. I don't know how, how it could be a prequel either. But, you know, I didn't play that much, so maybe they explain it. Do you have thoughts on that? Bring it to our Discord channel. I love it. Yep. Um, next, we have the Disguise series, which you can get a lot of those games on the Switch. I believe uh, the remake of one, and then you can get four, five, and six on the Switch. Those are just basically endless games where you can get absolutely way overpowered which yeah. one of the, I think is one of the fun hallmarks of other disguise series like the story's wacky the characters are way out there and those games are meant for you to grind it out to be so absurdly powerful that you can wipe out anything in one hit with just hundreds of thousands of damage yeah i mean this is this is truly a game for people who like to a grind and b have a cakewalk after grinding yeah, yeah. There's really, I, I, I really want to check these out. I think I have one. I played a lot of the first one on the PS2. I played through. Yeah, a lot Hour of, of Darkness, right? Yeah, and it's actually and the funny thing is with Hour with um with this guy Hour of Darkness on the uh, PS2. Admittedly, that's the last strategy RPG that I really put significant time into. Mm. I probably played that game for a hundred plus hours. I didn't beat it because I was too busy doing all the side shit. A lot of good tra- but, uh, strategy games. The, on the problem PS2. is. That game burnt me out on strategy RPGs, and ever since then, like playing a strategy RPG to me, other than Fire Emblem, which, Fire plays, Emblem, yeah. which mind you, Fire Emblem is, plays completely differently than this guy. It's almost hard to compare them. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. I, I don't understand it because it, it, it's turn based. It, it is, is turn based, but it it's, is it's, you but move like, around the battlefield. It's like turn based, but then you you and that's what I like about it. It's like a little bit of chess. Um, you just have to position yourself well. So. If, if you want me to play a, a turn-based strategy RPG, just give me five, the original five-based tactics, please. I think you'll get Bring that, but I, tactics over, I think it's going to get you. Yeah, it could very well. I think it's going to get you. It could you. very well. Um, we'll see, though. I yeah. thought triangle strategy was going to get me, and it didn't. Speaking of triangle strategy. I have a copy of that. I'll let you borrow that one. Now. Sounds good. Have you played it? I have. Tell me about tell me about triangle strategy. I really like triangle strategy. I think I'm going to I'm gonna end up finishing this one. Um, I just haven't got to play a lot recently. It, we do a, a 
some Twitch streaming and play RPGs. And this whole summer, I haven't got to play that much because I, I traveled a lot for work. I traveled a lot just in general. I feel like the summer life. was a very neglectful one for our, our Twitch channel. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, we're just <laughs> all over the place. And that, that's just kind of summer. I think everybody's yeah. just out of their houses doing things. Me, at the end of like the end of the spring, more than summer, I was like, oh yeah, hockey season's over, so I'm going to start streaming more. And I started streaming less. Yeah, so it's just it just kind of <laughs> is. So I didn't start Triangle Strategy until the summer because I got it. I think it came out in the spring. Uh, when was the end of May or early June? Something like that. I can't remember. It was. It was I bought. I bought. I have physical copy of it. So if you ever want to borrow it, but I mean, it's just it's something I started. Um, and they had. The de- I love these demos that come out, and they let you transfer your progress over. Yep. She loved the demo so much. I started over when the game came out because I'm like, okay, there's a lot of houses and stuff. I think it builds up really well. This is a game I'm going to play this fall, and um, you know, I don't know what episodes are like later on, like where we might have like. What's our favorite games of the year? Like you talked about, yeah, that's a possibility. I'm that might be that might be up there on one of my favorite games of the year because it really, I think it's going to be something special. And I actually talked to a few people that beat it, and they say it's phenomenal. Um, I, this will be one that I play. It's just now that I finally calmed down in life. So. You know, and speaking of those demos, Square is very generous stuff with those. Um, if you're on the fence about getting into RPGs, there is a 10-hour long, de- like the first 10 hours of the game, not like, no, you're not cat to 10 hours, but like about the first 10 hours of the game of Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah. is a free demo on the eShop. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so like, Love that check stuff. that out. Um, Attention Square Enix, if you're listening, please give us one of those for Valkyrie Elysium. I think you're going to do it. I know it's not a Switch game, but... Let's do, it. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. They're a great game. Couldn't rem- I, I, I'm going to recommend that one, but I haven't finished it yet. So. Um, before we move on to the Nintendo Switch Online, I did miss a uh, traditional turn-based. It's a pretty big release. Uh, well, that was Bravely Default 2. Oh, yeah. And I, I had forgotten about that game. Um, of course, that series started on the DS with Bravely Default and then Bravely Second, which were direct. The second was a direct sequel to Bravely Default. Yep. This game is or this series is known for its uh, Brave and Default battle systems where you can store up your turns and yep. let them all out, or you can let all your attacks out and then sip for three or four turns and possibly yep. get annihilated. Um, so, Brave of Default 2 on the Switch, I liked it at first, but then it became way too grindy. I think the stories are just like, if I have to just, they're like a little bit of a, you ever watch soap operas? No, I can't say I have, Justin. <laughs> but I watch professional wrestling, so that's in a way. It's about the same thing. Yeah, my wife, I watch uh, WWE, and she's just like, "This is so proper for." You we know, just lost yeah. half our listener base, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he likes wrestling. Off. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, I've you know I've watched Young and the Restless. I'll admit it. Uh, don't watch it anymore. We used to watch it, and my wife grew up watching the soap operas. It's like that. It's not everything's very melodramatic. It's right. like over dramatized over nothing. That's bravely default. Meanwhile, Days of Our Lives fans are crying because it's, it's now a Peacock exclusive and no longer on NBC. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, they moved it to Peacock. But yeah, yeah, that's I, a I way to, that's a that. way to kill your ninety year old audience. I right? mean, the yeah, this that. show's only been on like on regular TV for sixty fucking years. Let's move it to Peacock. That's crazy. Yeah, we'll get the old people to subscribe. To good subscribe. one, good one to bring up though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a bad game though. It's, it's a no, good traditional It's just you know, music. like it's just it's kind of prepared for challenge. It's kind of hard to play that one. I, I, that came out when I was like deep into Final Fantasy fourteen and like the serious stories going on and like Bravely Default is just like I've, I've they're only, just like they're like ah, man. I'm only getting time like once a week to play Final Fantasy fourteen here over the last several weeks. I don't like it. Wish it was on Switch. I wish it was on Switch. I don't like the fact that I only have time to play like maybe maybe on the weekends. But if I play it any more than just the weekends, I wouldn't get to play anything else. I know. And Pac-Man Repack, Pac-Man World Repack comes out tomorrow as of recording, and I'm going to play that. Anyways, 
Finally, in this category, before we talk about what we want to see in the future, uh, we have the very few RPGs that are part of the Nintendo Switch online subscription. And there are three of those on the Super NES app. Um, the first ones are Breath of Fire 1 and 2, which I played a lot of Breath of Fire 1 on the Game Boy Advance mm. on that release. Is that I've, the same? I'm not sure. I don't know if the translation is different. Um, I've never played Breath of Fire 2, and I've heard it's phenomenal. I mean, I have people that swear by 3 and 4. Listen, I played Breath of Fire 3. It was one of my earlier RPGs when I was a PlayStation owner, when I got the PlayStation. Um, I'm not going to tell people how I acquired it because it was in a legal format of, that may have include, uh, included CDRs. But yeah, that's besides the point. And uh, I've really not played much of 4, but like Breath of Fire 3, that's like... That is a near top tier JRPG, and I've heard two and four are both better. That's crazy. So yeah, it's like I, I saw a lot of three. Dan played three all the time. Someday I'm gonna watch the. I spent the night at his house one time. You know, you, you go over friends' houses yeah. and stuff like that. He literally spent the whole night trying to steal Moon Tier <laughs> on a ship. Like, Man, I wish we knew each other back in the day so we could have done these. Like stay I overnight know. and play games all night. Stupid <laughs> not meeting until college. Yep. At GameStop. Only good thing to come out of GameStop. Oh, literally, the only good thing to come out of GameStop is some friendships. Yep. But then yeah, that, that's great they're on there. Um, I would love to play these, and it's great they're on there. So. And Earthbound. Oh, and yeah. also the original mother, Earthbound Zero, is on Beginnings. the NES I think they call it Beginnings. Beginnings, yes, yeah. thank you. Um, Earthbound's great. Earthbound's fantastic. Earthbound is so, so fun. It's quirky. It's so different from anything you'll probably play ever other than that game, unless you're playing another one of the games in that series. Um, I guess I'll bring up the next point to that series in our next little section of this topic. Um, but this is, listen, it has a character named Pooh. Like P-O-O, like poop. <laughs> Pooh. It's, the game has like a, kind of, I don't want to call it childish because it's not, but it's, it's, it's an odd duck. Yeah. But it's, it's very good. Game. It's a it's weird a, game. It's a very, it's a weird game, but it's very quirky. It has a ton of charisma <laughs> personality. Um, this was like one of the better RPGs on Super NES, in my opinion. And that's saying something because there's a lot of great RPGs on that system. We'll talk about SNES RPGs another time, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's, that's a whole separate episode. I think I found out why people like Undertale so much. It's I mean, Undertale was direct, directly Earth. influenced by Earthbound in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, which Undertale is also available on the Switch. And I like Undertale, too. So I think listing, and there's more RPGs on this system. Oh, there's way more. And in fact, you guys may have some favorites that I didn't get to. I tried to get all of the major titles. Yeah. Did, are there any major titles that you know of that I missed? Not that I can think of. Yeah. Not, that, are, not that I've played. These are I, like the heavy hitters. The big ones, yeah. Um, Things that so you wouldn't like consider indie, RPGs and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, there's so many like indie RPGs, especially when you get into the action RPGs. Yeah. That you can find on the Switch that, you know, there's there's a lot there. You know, this is just the cusp of, of RPGs. And there's there's more RPGs coming in the future. Well, before that, I always think of, you know, like the original question is to switch the ultimate JRPG machine. And I always think of like, if, you, if you're going to go to the moon or an island, you take one system with you, which one would you take? And JRPGs are my favorite. I think you'd have to take a Switch. I think it might be the best JRPG system. And here's why. Most of the best of the SNES RPGs and most of the best of the PS1 RPGs are here. 
They're nice. already on the Switch. Chrono Cross, we forgot that on there. Yeah, Chrono Cross is on the Switch too. Yep. Which is a fucking travesty because something else isn't. <laughs> and we'll get into <laughs> that in a minute. We'll that, but, but I think, you know, excluding PC where you could emulate everything, obviously I know that, you know, that's I think that's kind of like a caveat of the whole episode mm-hmm. is obviously, you know, if you want to take your $3,000 rig with you to the moon, that's cool. But I'm saying, like, I mean, t- strictly, truly the PC is the ultimate JRPG machine. It but is. This is a Nintendo podcast. Right. But I mean, like, I think this this machine is, of all the systems, like, if you were to line up the PS1, PS2, PS3, GameCube, Wii, DS, th- this is it, Boy, man. Even the game, like, this, this is, you can't play better RPGs on one system. I, I would no. argue there's a lot missing that I would love to have. But and I think there's a lot of that that's missing is still to come. I think so. But if I had to take one with me to the moon, it used to be PS1. Right. But I think it's the Switch I think it would be the Switch now. Because not only do we have all of that available, all those RPGs, but one of my greatest games, my favorite game of all time was also there, which is Link to the Past. But. Yep. Okay, so what do we, here's the thing. What's missing and what do we want to see in the future? Because like you said, there is a lot missing. Um, and I want to lead this conversation off. Um, and I'm going to go back to where we just mentioned Carter Cross first. Where the hell is Chrono Trigger? They, they have to be. Chrono like, Trigger is the greatest RPG ever made. <laughs> Where is Chrono Trigger? They have to be doing some kind of remake to you that. You put the sequel on the Switch, but you don't give us Chrono Trigger? I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, it has to be. It has to be they're doing something like, with it. Give us Chrono Trigger. Not, don't just give us Chrono Trigger. Don't give us the SNES Chrono Trigger. I don't want that. I want the PC version of Chrono Trigger. Which, when that game launched, that was a disaster. But it is now the definitive best edition of that game. Yeah, and that's the DS version, right? But better. Yeah, it had all the DS content. Yeah. Uh, It had all the cutscenes from um, the The PlayStation 1. Like, it's my my favorite RPG ever. That's in my top three games of all time. Like, bringing that to the Switch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's definitely missing. uh... And on that note, where's Star Ocean 2? (laughs) <laughs> I've been asking this for years. Yep. When they released Star Ocean 1, I very quickly got to, okay, where's Star Ocean 2? Yeah, I remember you were like, this is cool, and I'm glad they're doing this, but where's 2? I, I assumed it would come soon. But it didn't. I feel like they just have a pipeline. Like, Square Enix this year is releasing like five RPGs. I don't know what right. the heck got into them. They announced them all during summer. But yeah, Star Ocean 2, it just must be back there. I mean, like, because they... They're they releasing made a big e- dedication to releasing their entire back catalog. They're going on, to on do it. It's just like they may be like, ah, we'll wait a little bit for that. Except for, you know, Final Fantasy 1 through 6. I have a feeling they're waiting I, for a rainy day for that. I think so. It's, it's instant money. Yeah, because, I mean, I was very adamant that I refused to buy that on the PC. And then Final Fantasy 4 came out, and I bought that on PC. Like, yep. the whole... Oh, they're so good on the PC, thing. too. They're they so are. Good. They're, they're, those Pixel Remasters are... Like, People bitching about the font aside. Just fix the font. It's easy. There, a, there, you, can, you can mod it on the PC with different fonts. But even the font, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I, I literally played all the way through Final Fantasy VI with the bad font. And most of the way through Final Fantasy IV with the bad font. And all the way through three with a bad font. They were fine. They were fantastic. I patched the font. It, it's really not that big of a deal, though. What other RPGs do you want to see come to the Switch? Well, Persona's coming. Oh, yeah. Massive. I, mean, I can't believe I forgot to bring that back up. Persona 4. <laughs> Persona 4. Or, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. Yes. Uh, Persona 5 Royal will it's kick off up. those releases this October. Yeah, which is strange, but, you know, I guess whatever. I mean. Right. Well, this October, was. I probably shouldn't date it because I don't know when this episode is going to launch because I don't have a set episode order. 
Yeah. But this will probably, I mean, this is going to be one of the earlier episodes of the yeah. show. So, um, yeah, it's a lot. Is that the one that you were talking about that's going to sync up 100 hours? Be, yes. Okay. I was like, when you said that, I was like, I can't think of what he's talking about. Well, but yeah. Here's the thing like, I played the original Persona 5. Yep. I bought Royal on the PlayStation. I was like, you know, I'm saving it for rainy day. I'll play it someday. I just can't see myself devoting 100 hours to playing Persona 5 all over mm-hmm. again right now. And they're like, oh, hey, it's coming to the Switch. I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've had people, now everybody says Royal's so much better. And I'm like, how much better could it be? I've heard personally that it's it's totally worth playing again. And yeah. I, I started, I played about five hours. It is different. Right. Like, it's great. But well, I'm like, I'm with you. I was like, I love this game so much. I put 125 hours into it. I'm saving this. Yeah. I don't know if I'll play it on Switch, but because um, I have it on PS5. So um, still, I mean, my oh, God, yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the great, that, I'm telling you, when you say, when you say, when you say Dragon Quest Eleven is the best RPG since the PS2, that's where I'm just like, man, do Persona 5. You know what that PS2 RPG I was talking about was? Persona 4. Persona 4. Persona 4 Golden, in my opinion, I preferred Persona 5. I love Persona 4. Here's what I'm interested in seeing. Persona 4 Golden added a lot to the original Persona 4. Will the additions to Persona 5 in the Royal version put it over Persona 4 Golden for me? That's what I'm interested in seeing. That's what people say. Because Persona 4 Golden is my favorite of that series. That's the RPG I'm referring I to when I talk Gold. about. I, I'm gonna play Gold. I'm buying Golden on Switch to play it again. No while, question. While you're at it, give us Dragon Quest four, five, and six. Yeah, but specifically and seven and eight. No, that's definitely one. I'm very excited about this Deerfield Chronicle. Played demo yep. of it. Uh, it's it's different. It's not like a t- it's it's like a real tactics game. I don't know. Maybe, it, I heard like it's kind of similar to like an XCOM kind of setup a little bit in a way, but more like a, it's like a traditional strategy RPG, like a turn based. I never played Valkyria with, Chronicles, right? But I assume it's like that. Yeah, so it's like a, mixing a traditional turn based JRPG with an XCOM or Mario yeah. and Rabbids setup. And you're like running around the base too and everything. And like I was like, well, I just wasn't expecting this. Very interested in it. Yet again, their demo out on that. Um, yep. So there's a couple more that I'm interested in, but I want to throw it back to you. But those those two are like my hypest that for the fall of something soon that's actually coming and confirmed. I have more that I'm as like, far as where? the switch is con- concerned. Yeah, for me, like the fall, it's like Splatoon three, and uh, I, I say Splatoon three. By the time this episode comes out, that game is already out now. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> and like, of course, Persona. But you know, a lot of the other stuff. I mean, I'm waiting for some PS5 stuff too. But this is not a PlayStation podcast, so I'm not going to really talk about that. No, but Tactics Ogre, I think that's going to get you. You love your Super, well. N- you love your Super Nintendo games. You say you're burned out on strategy RPGs, but yet we you played Fire Emblem. If, if you put Fire Final Fantasy, if they release Final Fantasy Tactics on Switch tomorrow, oh, I would my. buy it immediately and play it. Oh, absolutely, I would too. That I'd tells stop, you exactly. I'd stop, I'd stop everything yeah. for that. But everybody always says Tactics Ogre is just as good. So we'll see. Right. Very excited for it. All right, let's talk about our uh, th- this episode's uh, game that we're going to be giving our. Uh, Loose form review to the uh, the Super Nintendo Bros. Seal of Quality discussion, and today we're going to be talking about Xenoblade Chronicles. We're going to start spicy. Okay, so <laughs> I, I go for it. I, I want you to go ahead and I, I've beat the game. I finished. Yeah, I know you haven't. Your so opinion, you to... your opinion will matter more, obviously. But Xenoblade Chronicles, I'm 30 hours in, very far into the game. Gonna finish this game 100 because I want to play two. I'm going to play the Future Connected, whatever, all this stuff, Torn of the Golden Country, I'm going to play three. I, I want to play them all. But this combat is horrible. The combat is not aged well. It, it's not good. And I have to remind myself it's a Wii game because, you know, yeah, I played it on the Switch. Yeah, this game came out originally in like 2010. But I would argue that 
Final Fantasy VII Combat is from 1997, right? Is it 97? Yeah, and it's held up. And it's better. Yeah, this, this is a combat, 2007 game. When you were talking earlier, the combat, like, you're like, I can't, it's like, because Final Fantasy XII is MMO-ish, but better. Yep. This combat is horrible. I still personally think that it deserves a seal quality, but I would give it a bronze. Now, I don't know how you're going to okay. do this. Okay. Because uh, We're going to discuss. It's good. We're, the we'll discussion discuss. will take place. Still, the story is very cool. Very interested where it goes. Cast of characters is fine. It's not bad, but it's it's fine. But uh, I think you and I—that's where we're going to disagree. This is one maybe of my, I'm, maybe I'm not far enough yet. Right. So this is one of my favorite cast of characters in a long time in an RPG. Yeah, Shulk is a great main character. He's cool. I really like Shulk. Like the mystery around um, where he's come from. Do you have Ricky yet? I do have Ricky. Yeah, I love Ricky. Ricky. He's Ricky. Ricky trying to help Melia out. I'm trying to help Melia. I love Melia. Melia's cool. I love Melia. Great character. It's Ryan Dunban's time. awesome. Dunban, I'm a little disappointed with Dunban, but yet again, I haven't finished Dunban the game. Dunban gets better and better as he goes. Okay, so Dunban like, was this mysterious like warrior at the beginning of the game that was just like, holy crap, he saved the Colony 9. Did you get Dunban back yet? I mean, he's in the party. Okay, so you have him back. Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's in the party. Yeah. By the way, spoiler warning's in effect to an extent here. Yeah, he, he, he came back. He obviously came back to the party, but like, he was like this mythical warrior that saved the village, and you like meet him in a house, and he's just trying to recover. And then he just like comes a, with you, and he's just like, "Well, I'm going to fight with one arm." I mean, the Monado screwed him up because he wasn't the chosen. That's true. Person to wield the Monado. I mean, that just, would be Shulk. I feel like he's a little disappointing because of. I don't know. I just haven't seen him do anything. Like he was just, he's just, he's just kind of there. I'm excited for you to continue to move further into the story and find out why Shulk's the one that wields the Monado. I am about to find that out. Like literally, where I'm at, I'm on Prison Island. The king, the emperor, went up there, Melia's father, and there's been hints that Shulk has to be. It. it what are they? Entia? Is that what they are? High Entia or yep. whatever? Like he might be one of them because. They were like, where did he come from? I also have theories, too. I'm like, his friend, what's his friend's name that died? Um, oh, gosh. I should know this. I mean, Charla's the one girl. Charla's the healer. See, Charla and, and Ryan are the two with the weaker. They're fine. Well, Yeah, they're fine characters. I mean, they're certainly useful in battle, but they're not like, they're not my two favorites in the cast. The girl's name. What, why can't I think of the girl's name that died at the beginning of the game? That I, It was truly shocking. I was just like, holy cow, I can't believe this happened. Yeah, it's the, um, I feel like I should have certainly come into this episode knowing that. No, but you probably didn't know I'd bring this up to you. Well, but, um, even still. Um, but yeah, yeah, I have theories. I'm like, did she really die? You have brought those theories up to me since before we... I know, really way a long time ago. Game. I'm like, did she really die? Um, I, I just don't know. So I'm excited to play more, but for now, even if I finish it... The Fiora, by the way, is her name. Fiora, yeah. Uh, even if even if I finish it, I still wouldn't give it higher than bronze because the combat is so atrocious. And we can say it's a Wii game, but I don't feel like that really excuses no, it. No, that's, that's not always a good excuse because, like, like you said, look at... Uh, the order of Final Fantasy games and how that they those still hold up, up. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, I played Final Fantasy VI recently. It was phenomenal. Right. If, well, and another thing to keep in this one too. It was the first in this. I, well, I understand that it was kind of the first in the series. 
That's mm-hmm. also a completely different argument because right. technically it's part of the Xenogear series, and that's the whole other. What about the Xenosaga? The one Xenosaga that's also included in the whole overarching thing, but yeah. like still they're good. part of that series, but it's not. It's it's very complicated. Still a great game. Still a great game, but yeah. our, I feel like our seals. Um, I feel like it barely gets there because it's such a good game. Like if the story wasn't as intru- like me thinking about the story, I wouldn't even give it a bronze because I feel like this has to be high quality stuff. Right. But I'm so intrigued that I, I want to know what it is. I don't feel like I could ever go higher in a bronze though. Okay. Um, I tend to agree with you on the combat. Um, to me, the, the cast of characters in the story are far superior to the combat and mm-hmm. in a lot of ways makes up for it. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also thinking, okay, Looking at how our seal of quality stands, like what are we looking at? Like what what games are a gold? You know what games are a silver? What games are a bronze? And I'm trying to put Xenoblade in the hierarchy with everything else we you know have rated or everything else we will rate. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I would honestly agree that as much as I like that game, I will agree. And we are going to give Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition on the Switch, the bronze Super Nintendo Bros. seal of quality. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. Great game, but... But I think if you would have brought up Octopath, like which I like better than this... I wouldn't have given it a I wouldn't have given a seal yeah, either. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have given a seal either, but the, the, right. the story carries this game. Right. All right, so... Thir- let's talk about 13 Palm Trees. Um, of course, 13 Palm Trees, we just had that nice relaunch with a new branding. You can find lots of other great shows and content under the umbrella of the shade of the 13 Palm Trees. Be sure to check out uh, the Final Girl podcast, Wasted Local Fantasy Football, um, and uh, post-game content. Those are all fantastic shows. Um, by the way, Justin, welcome to the, the world of uh, Wasted Local Fantasy Football this year. I'm Thank glad you, you very uh, much. I'm fun. glad you joined up with us. Uh, it's, it's my favorite league, even though it's my own. Uh, just because it's a good time. It's yep. just a good time. Very exciting. Um, so be sure to check out those other shows. Uh, if you look into our description of the episode, you're going to find a link to our Discord. Please join our Discord. Uh, you'll, there's a section there. You'll be able to drop off uh, suggestions for you know either games that we want to rate with a seal of quality, uh, topic suggestions. I'm definitely open to covering anything you guys are interested in hearing. Um, Justin, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter on WV Harp Guitar. And then I do some streaming on Coffee and Grind on Twitch. Yeah, so uh, Coffee and Grind, Justin and I actually share that Twitch channel. He's more active than I am, by for sure. But uh, we are both on there on Twitch, so be sure to check us out. We've got a Discord for that. And I will also plug that link into the description of today's episode as well, so you guys can find the uh, Coffee and Grind channel. And uh, yeah, so Justin, thanks for coming on today's show. It's a thanks great RPG me. discussion. And until next time, Nintendo fans, game on. <laughs> <laughs>